You may be seated. It's, I was so carried away with listening at a testimony till I forgot to tend to the crowd. <laughs> so happy to be here tonight in the service of the Lord. Get to meet Brother O'Donnell. And I was watching this, um, uh, giving those signs to the deaf and dumb. And the brother was telling me the lady the other night that was in the wheelchair that had the big cancer on her that, like that. She was so miraculously healed too. She's out of the wheelchair. Cancer's gone, and just having a great time. And I was so thankful for that. It's good to be here tonight, and to this fine congregation of people up here. Is this Tempe or Mesa? Tempe. Tempe. And um, I, it's all grown up so around here since I was in this country about 35 years ago. Till I hardly know the place anymore. And it's really. Nice to be in the house of the Lord. As I was coming in, a, a little girl stood there, which is little Miss O'Donnell, and, and a little two more little girls, and was talking to me at the door. And, and I said, they tell me it's going to freeze tonight here. I said, you Southerners are about freeze up down here. So then the other little lady looked towards the other and said, well, she was from Iowa. And the other one said, she's from Minnesota. And I said, before that, I said, when I left home, it was 14 below zero. This little girl from Iowa, Minnesota, one said, well, it was 52 below, weren't she? <laughs> Come to find out, I was a southerner. <laughs> 52 below. We get that in my country, we really would freeze up. <laughs> 52 below. That's kind of cold, isn't it? <laughs> it gets that cold. Now... <clears throat> We deem this a great privilege to be here with you tonight. In this time of fellowship, just uh, prior to the convention of the businessman, uh, the convention will start this coming Thursday down at the Ramada. It's on East uh, Van Buren Street. And we certainly invite you all down. There will be some wonderful speakers in the convention. And... Uh, Brother Velma Gardner's one that I know of, and then I think they have some of the businessmen that's going to speak. And uh, I, I believe Jim Brown was one of them. Yeah. And um, Dr. Reed. Dr. Reed, and of course, Brother Rose Osteen. is always Osteen. there. Osteen from Texas. <laughs> Brother Osteen from Texas. And um, so I'm sure you'll have a great time in oh, coming down there. We're. Really thrilled for waiting for this convention. Trust it'll be like it was the other time, only greater. And remember, it's come one, come all. Everybody's invited. And then, if it be the will of the Lord, I think I've got a little time set aside that they're going to let me try to speak again at, at the breakfast on Saturday morning, and I think in the meeting Sunday afternoon. That is, if the Lord willing. And... Um, so I deem that a great privilege to get to stand with those great men and, and give a testimony to the Lord, uh, for the Lord, rather. And I pray that God will bless Brother O'Donnell here and this fine group of Christians here that's sojourning, waiting on the Lord. Amen. For truly we are sojourners. We are pilgrims and strangers. This is not our home, but we're seeking a city whose builder and maker is God. And we're just sojourners. We're not, this is not our home. We're just passing through this way. 
And it gives such a great privilege. Maybe if I'll set this around this room. It gives such a great privilege. Is that better? Mm-hmm. Such a great privilege to be here to put in this time of fellowship with you wonderful Christians. And when I heard that I'd been given the privilege of these different people, that, uh, churches that had was letting me speak in them just prior to the convention, I thought it's a wonderful time to express our appreciations for how these different organizations has cooperated in the times past in my missions around the world. The Assemblies of God, the Foursquare, the Jesus Name, the um, uh, uh, Church of God, and the many and the independents around the world. All of them coming in as one and uh, to the uh, glory of God. And God's been doing some great things among them. And we're grateful. And then to get back where we can express our, our thoughts and our fellowship. And as I was quoting last night over here in um, the fellowship tabernacle where we had the service, and um, I had an old friend, Brother Bosworth. Many of you remember Brother Bosworth. And he used to tell me, he said, Brother Branham, you know what fellowship is? And I said, I think so, Brother Bosworth. He said, it's two fellows in one ship. <laughs> you had a sense of humor, and I always liked that. Two fellows in one ship. So always the blanket stretches a little bit to help the other fellow, you know. And uh, that's very fine. Now, I am certainly trust that you'll pray for me. And I... This today, I sent my son up a while ago to um, see if there's anybody that wanted to be prayed for. I really didn't come to have healing services just to, oh, to speak. Anybody knows I'm not a preacher that ever heard me, but I have no education and I can't preach. But I, I usually pray for the sick. And, um, and the coming, usually people rally to be prayed for. Of course, there's so many sick people. But on Sunday, I didn't mention nothing about it because I'd call people from other churches to come over to these certain churches I'd be at on Sunday to be prayed for, and I thought it might hurt some of the other churches, so I just let it alone. Now, last night, I announced that tonight we would pray for the sick up here. And if uh, God willing, we'll maybe tomorrow night or the next night one pray for the sick again. So I trust that It'll be fine if the Lord will heal everybody sick here tonight. And I tell you, my precious friend, above all things, I trust that the sin sick will be healed. If the Lord does heal you of your sickness, you'll probably, if you live any time, you'll get sick again. But the eternal life is what we're seeking. For that's, that's the real cure. And I trust that there's someone here who is not a believer in Christ will become a believer tonight. And if you're here and haven't been born again or received the Holy Spirit, been filled with the Holy Ghost, I trust that this will be the night that that will happen. If you're a backslider, I hope that the Lord Jesus will do something so real tonight to you here and warm your heart in such a way you just return back to His fellowship again. Because He's waiting with outstretched arms. Wait. I preached some years ago on a little sermon one time over at the Angeles Temple when they was having the Pentecostal Jubilee, the 50 years of Jubilee. And I remember the first night that I 
preached on holiness, which I believe in. And um, I kind of didn't aim to, but, you know, just cutting the people in a way that people got away from the original Pentecost. Like when the um, uh, first beginning, when the Holy Ghost fell, how them people lived the life. What they did 50 years ago. And I said, oh, we've come a long ways. We've got great organizations since then, big, fine buildings and high-polished preachers. I said, wonder if we still got the Pentecostal blessing we had. I said, used to be our, our sisters that come to church, it was a shame for one of them to have a short hair or manicure on or something like that. But that um, they kind of let out a bar somewhere. And um, so there was a friend of mine, which... He's a Pentecostal brother, too, and many of you may know him. His name is William Booth Cliburn. Oh, yeah. Many of you know him. And Brother Booth is a bosom friend of mine, only we do not agree upon doctrines because he is such a, a Calvinistic thinker that he thinks beyond me. <laughs> so uh, I can only thank Calvinists as long as it stays in the Bible. See? And then when he gets out of there, it's past my thinking. I can't think no more. So I seen him on the platform, so when we walked off the platform, he met me out there and he looked at me. He said, shame on you. <laughs> Such a legalistic message. You know better than that. <laughs> he just tore me all up, you know. <laughs> and the next day I preached on the lamb and the dove. <laughs> and um, so the Lord really blessed the little old broke up message. And when I walked out, he wiped his eyes, you <laughs> know. He said, it was good, but so simple. <laughs> so simple. I said, it was all right. He said, it was so simple. He was so, he could preach in seven languages, you know. So my little Kentucky talk was so simple to him. <laughs> uh, best manners would touch him nowhere, you see. So um, that's about the way I have to talk simple. <laughs> I believe the gospel is simple. Amen. The Bible said it's so simple that a fool shouldn't err, I see. So just, just all you have to do is remember A, B, C. You know what that stands for? Always believe Christ. That's all you have to do. That settles it. A, B, C. And you're fully educated as far as I'm concerned. So, now, there's, people are standing, and I appreciate it. And now, I never come to preach, I'm going to pray for the sick, but to get a little background, talk on the Scriptures. I think I kind of preached myself out the other morning at Brother Fuller's, I call Life Tabernacle, or Faith Tabernacle. Faith Tabernacle. I think I held him the other night, before I got to the church, the pastor or somebody sent me words that, Say, these people like to go to bed at night. So I very seldom preach over six or eight hours, so I <laughs> never get above that. So over at Brother Outlaws the other night, I thought he's going to almost have to pull me out of the pulpit, so I better kind of take it easy tonight. Way up here and some may be coming so far. Now, it's good to be here. And before we approach the Word now, let's talk to the author. Someone said not long ago I was at Fort Wayne Gospel Tabernacle, B.E. Rediger, and he was a great man of God that died years ago that the Lord really blessed that brother. He was a 
mighty man of faith. Now, as a little boy, I used to sit with Paul Rader there, just a young minister. And then Brother Radiger's daughter lost her mind, went insane. And one day, she's back in my coal shed down there on one Easter morning. And they told me some insane girl back there in the church. And I just come in off a campaign. I went back there and found it was D.E. Radiger's daughter and Sister Radiger sitting there. My heart liked to fail me. And she's sitting there combing her beautiful long hair with her fingers, hollering, nickels a nickel, pennies a penny. Beautiful young woman. While knelt down there and said, Lord Jesus, be merciful to her. That was it. <laughs> she's married and got two or three children now. Just fine. So. And uh, such grace and simple. We... We just look way out and reach over the top of him, honestly, trying to find what's right so close to us like that. We just simple believe, have faith, don't doubt. I was holding a meeting there. I forget the Pentecostal brother that's got charge of the tabernacle now. And I was having a meeting there, and there was um, this song, Only Believers, wrote by Paul Rader. And he was such a wonderful Christian. And great messenger of his day. I was sitting in the little uh, study room and they were singing for me to come to the platform by that which they have around the world. And I, I was sitting there, I know it, right in that same studies where Paul got the inspiration to write the song. And here it come in, Only Believe. Oh, I just uh, burned my heart. And after the service is over, there was several great things our Lord Jesus had did in the meeting. And I... Went back over there at the, by the side of the place and was waiting. And there was a man came in. He said, Mr. Branham? And I said, yes, sir. He said, I like to hear you speak, but said, your grammar's so bad. And I said, yes, sir, I know that. He said, you say some of the awfulest things. And I said, yes, sir. That's right. I said, I didn't get a chance to get an education. And I said, Raised a family of ten poor parents. <clears throat> I had to go to work early to help take care of this family. I didn't get even a grammar school education. He said, that's no excuse now. You're a man. And I said, well, I'm, I'm so busy with the Lord's work now. I don't have a chance. He said, still, you could take correspondence. So now, for instance, tonight out there, you said, all you people passing over this pole pit. <laughs> Come on. I said, well, I didn't know any different. <laughs> I said, isn't that what he is? He said, certainly not. He says, you should said pulpit. <laughs> I said, he said, you, I said, well, all right. He's something I mispronounced or something. He said, well, you just don't know your Bible. I said, well, uh, man, that, that may be so, but I know the author real well. I said, I said <laughs> You know, it doesn't say to know his book, but to know him is life. Satan knows his word, but to know him, the author of the words. Shall we bow our heads now while we speak to him in our humble way? Now with our heads bowed and our hearts with it, is there a special request that you'd like for us to remember you by? Raise up your hand to God. Just in your heart, hold your request. Saying, Lord, I need salvation. I need healing. I, 
I, I need something. God will understand. Our Heavenly Father, as we approach Thy holy presence tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus, we come in His name because He said that if you ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. Uh, we know we can't come in our own name. We cannot come in the name of our church, in the name of our pastor, or in the name of our organization and expect to be heard. But we have the assurance that if we come in the name of the Lord Jesus, that He's promised us that we'd be heard. And I pray tonight, Heavenly Father, that as we have gathered here in this little tabernacle that's been dedicated to your service, which your servant, our brother O'Donnell, is pastoring at this time, shepherding the sheep that's sojourning in this part of the country. I pray your blessings upon this pastor and upon his family, upon the church and all the sheep that grazes here at the pastor. I pray for every church that's represented here, for all the people and for those who are not Christians. I pray that tonight they'll become Christians. I pray for the businessman that's here, Brother Rose, Brother Williams, and many others, for the oncoming convention down there, that this little stir of these few days across Phoenix and Tempe and sunny slopes and through the country here will be the cause of many Christians taking a new hope, many backsliders coming back to God, many sinners coming to Christ, many sick be healed. Grant it, Father. Speak to us through the Word tonight. The truth, Thy Word is truth. Heal all the sick and afflicted for both physical and spiritual. These hands that went up have a need, Lord, and I pray you'll supply all of that tonight through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now, many of you like to read the Scriptures with the ones who are reading. I wish to read in two places tonight. One of them is found in Mark, the 16th chapter, and we're going to begin at the 14th verse, and the other is found in St. John, or I think that's where I wrote down. Let me see first. Yes, St. John 14, 12. It's for the second scripture. And now in St. Mark, the 11th chapter, and beginning with the uh, 14th verse, and St. John 14, 12. Uh, we want to listen close to the reading because God's Word is what we want to hear. First, Mark 16. And after he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with the unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Yes. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And... These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. 
they shall recover. So after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Amen. John 14, 12. Jesus speaking. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. I, I would like to take for a text, if the Lord willing, on the confirmation of the commission as a text. And just to speak, I have a few scriptures and notes written that might help us along. <clears throat> now, confirmation of the commission. Now, I think that anything ought to be confirmed. If uh, you'd build a house, it had to be built according to specification or they wouldn't confirm the house to be uh, built and you'd have to tear it down again build it over. And um, I think also if you were going down the road and are out at your work and someone would walk up to you and say, I am a United States Marshal. I now put you under arrest in the name of my office. Now, you have a right to say to that man, if you look at him, he has on a uniform and a badge pinning on him. That yet doesn't make him a United States Marshal. Any phony can wear that. You can buy a badge over here at almost at a 10 cent store. Go to any rummage sale and get a uniform or anything. That doesn't make him a United States Marshal. To make himself identified, he has to have his papers with the seal upon them that to confirm his statement that he is a United States Marshal or he's nothing until he's confirmed to be that. He has confirmed his commission. And he does it by a sealed uh, statement, a declaration to show that this man has been sworn in and he's been, uh, his commission has been sealed with the seal of the United States and then over the top of his name. And that makes him then uh, whether he has a badge on or whether he has a uniform on, as long as he's packing this paper, he is the marshal. And that's his commission. Just a badge and a uniform won't work. We find so many times in the army, I've heard my brothers and many of those who was overseas, that many times the Japanese and the Germans and the other uh, uh, alien countries that was against us in the war, if they could pick up a dead soldier, then get one of their soldiers that the uniform would fit him, why he could impersonate a, an American soldier. 
And he had to be properly identified or they'd never believe his uniform. Or maybe uh, his uh, tag he had on his neck. He had to be identified that he was an American soldier because he could easily be a spy. Just any cheap spy can wear a uniform of the United States. And we find that in all walks of life. We find that today maybe on the street. We hear a many persons say that they are an American. And here some time ago, coming out of the quartermaster that used to be there at Jeffersonville, I was walking one morning going on patrol. And there was a, a well-dressed fellow walking down the street, a great big cigar in his mouth, an employee of the government. And he looked over at me early in the morning with a pair of sunglasses on. I said, good morning, sir. He looked over at me and said, hmm, started walking on. Now, I thought to myself, I not shouldn't say nothing, but in my heart, he wasn't really an American. Because American principles are not based upon such stuff as that. Right. Fellowship and tolerance. Goodwill. And now, you see, all that live in America is not Americans. There are spies, communists, and everything else. And uh, the only way that they can be uh, really known whether they are right or not is by their actually what's inside of them. Whether their hearts in America are just their pocketbook. <laughs> see, it depends on what it is. Any phony can can have these so-called credentials and still not be a real genuine article. That's why that I believe that all who come our way calling themselves Christians, ambassadors sent from heaven, they should have a confirmation uh, of their commission. I believe there should be a confirmation of their commission. Now, we realize that Jesus said here in Mark, the 16th chapter, that all that he sent out on commission would bear the confirmation. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, he didn't say they maybe they will follow. Or they might follow. He said, go ye into all the world. Now, somebody wants to chop that commission off 2,000 years ago. But he said, all the world to every creature. These signs shall follow in all the world and to every creature. And... That was the signs that was to follow to approve the identification. The Bible said the gospel came to us not in word only, but through the power, manifestations of the Holy Ghost. In other words, it's the Holy Ghost taking the word of God and making it manifest. 
And otherwise, the only way that the signs of Mark 16 can follow the believer is that the Holy Spirit Himself takes the Word of God and demonstrates it to the people. That's it. Now, faith makes that Word live. See, the Word is God. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then Jesus said, If ye abide in me and my Word in you, ask what you will, and it will be done for you. See? That's staying with Christ in the Word. Don't go right or left. Stay right with it. See? And then it's actually not your Word, Dan. It's His Word. And His Word has the power and authority behind it. Now, and if the Holy Spirit, which is God's Word, or the power of God's Word, comes in with God's Word, it'll make God's Word display itself. Yes, Go ye into all the world and demonstrate the gospel to every creature. Oh, yes. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. What a beautiful setting that is. If we would just... Go deep now and listen. That was the credentials that was to hang on to every man that went forth preaching the gospel. And no man has a right to preach the gospel without the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Jesus would not let Peter, James, John, any of the rest of them preach the gospel until they waited in the city of Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost had filled them. Because it's the Holy Ghost that makes the Word of God go into action. Now, that same Word is just as alive tonight as it was the hour it was spoken. All we need is the Holy Spirit behind the Word, puts it to action, and demonstrates the power that it promised. Every blessing that God promised, everything that He said can be brought to life if the Holy Spirit is behind the Word because that's the thing that quickens the Word and gives it life. And now we know that that's right. Jesus said, These signs shall follow all that I send. Others refuse. That's all. Certainly. Any unbeliever, any critic of the Word can come along with an identification of some denomination, some man-made organization or something. Say, I'm Presbyterian, Lutheran, Baptist, whatever it might be. He could easily identify himself into a fellowship of that same denominational church because of his credentials. But his credentials only comes from an organization that's been made up by a theory and not the Word of God. But God, if He's sent from God, these signs shall follow them that believe. Jesus said so. See, it's either whether you take what some organization said, some man-made theory said, they'll preach the doctrine of that theory. And then that is their credentials to the deacon board or whatever it is that they stand in good fellowship with that organization. I have nothing against that, understand. But I'm only defending what Jesus said. 
He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. And Jesus said in St. John 14, 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that's absolutely, absolutely I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And how can a man believe that he is sent from God and then turn around and deny the very commission that God said would, that would be the identification of every person that he sent out? Amen. How can a man say there's no such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost? How can a man say there's no such a thing as healing of the sick? How can a man say there's no such a thing as speaking in tongues? Amen. Casting out devils? When that was the very credentials that Jesus pinned on to every believer that would he sent out. That's the authority. Now you might go to school and get a PhD and an LLD and whatever more you want to do. And that's all right. That's your identification to that organization. And that's all right. I have nothing against them. Wish I had them. But the identification of Jesus when he sends a man is these signs shall follow them that believe. That's the identifications that he sent by God. These signs shall follow them that believe. Now, as I said, any phony man can pick up a uniform or a badge. But that really isn't a credential. It's a credentials that counts, not the uniform or badge. And there's many people and it's too bad, I have to say this, but it's truth. We must be honest. There's too many of the, our Pentecostal people that's wearing just the badge and uniform. Yes. See? Amen. Because that they live so different than what really a Pentecostal should be until oh, it, it, there's nothing to it. That's all. And it only brings a reproach upon the cause. Amen. That's right. It makes people suspicious. But... Jesus gave the verification that it would be all right because these signs would follow the believers. That's one thing. The Holy Spirit looked down through the stream of time and seen that man would pervert his word and cause this, that, and the other. So he made it so clear and so positive that there's no way of all of getting around it. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Amen. Now, we know that to be true. Amen. An unbeliever can carry these denominational credentials, but that isn't what makes him a sent man from God. Amen. They walk around here with all kinds of books under their arms around through the country, and this uh, Jehovah's this and so and so and all this the other, but that doesn't make it so. Amen. No, sir. Amen. Jesus said you test them by the Word. <laughs> That's right. Amen. The Word. These signs shall follow. Do you believe in power of God? Oh, uh, I, I, our church teaches that uh, our church, that has nothing to do with it. It's what God's Word says. Amen. Amen. Heavens and earth will pass away, but my Word shall Amen. not pass away. Amen. The living Word spoke by a living God must be a living being. And how can a man or a woman that claims that they have the baptism of the Holy Spirit deny what God said in His Word? Because it's the very Holy Spirit that wrote the Word is the very Holy Spirit that's speaking through the person. Amen. That's right. Amen. It's got to be. He cannot. He cannot do it. Yes, sir. Now, but that a man might come and say, I have a fellowship card. 
I belong to this church or that church. That still doesn't make it right. He might have a PhD, LLD, or whatever more from some great school. That's fine. Nothing against that. That still may be all right. I have nothing against that. But if God sent him, and if he denies this commission here, if he's got that plus this, wonderful. But if he's got that without this, then it's no good. That's right. That's right. It's okay if a man wears a uniform and a badge with the credentials, all right. But he can wear the uniform and badge without the credentials. That's right. So it's a confirmation of a commission. That must stand. It must do. Undoubtedly, uh, this uh, uh, unbeliever that might pass through and say, Well, uh, I don't believe that there's such a thing as the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Our schools is taught that uh, them days are gone. We don't have to have that no more. And there's so many of them believe that. Yes. And so many of them sincerely believe oh, that. Good man is because if they listen to the school and the sin of the Word of God. Amen. Right. Exactly right. Here some time ago, in a certain place, there was a, a, a woman. She had a son. And he was a, had a call of God in his life, he seemed to have. And the poor old mother wanted to send him away to school to do all that she could to get him built up, which that's a good thing to do. But she sent him to the wrong kind of school. She sent him over to a place where they begin to teach uh, contrary to the Word of God. And he went on. She washed to send him to school and so forth. And a long time passed on. And um, finally, he didn't come home for a while. The old mother took sick. She got real, real ill. And uh, she got so bad till the doctor said that she wasn't going to live. That she had to die. So she got one of the neighbors to send a telegram to her son to come home immediately because is looking for her to die. And so the neighbor sent the telegram. And, and so then the, the boy got ready to come. And after a while, another telegram come back and said, never mind, she's all right. So then several months later, the boy came home to visit his mother. And, and he said to her, he rejoicing over and, and telling her that he had his Bachelor of Art degree and all he had done and how well he got along in school. And he said, by the way, Mother, said, I have uh, forgot to ask you, said, uh, you sent me a telegram about six months ago to come home, said, I was so upset and said, I got so uh, alarmed about it and said, I got ready to come. And then another telegram come that you were all right, you'd got well. And I was so glad of that. Mother, I would like to tell you, or Mother, I'd like for you to tell me what happened. What kind of a medicine did the doctor give you and what doctor did you have? Said, I would like to go and, and comment him on his fine work. She said, very well, son. Said, Dr. Jesus was the one who did it. He said, ma'am. Said, Dr. Jesus. He said, Dr. So-and-so, my physician, came up here and my fever was the highest out of my head. And said, they said, I got worse and then I was going to die. And she said, you know where that little mission is around the corner or down there at the alley? Yes. Said, that people was having prayer meeting down there one night. And they said, the Holy Ghost told them to come up here and pray for me. And said, no sooner they prayed for me, all the fever left. And she said, oh, son, she said, hallelujah. She said, I am healed. Yes. Oh, he said, mother, mother, the very audacity. 
why you shouldn't associate with such people as that. She said, why you shouldn't have them people up here. She said, oh, why, son? said, well, glory to God. He said, mother, don't say those things. <laughs> said, why, why, you shocked me. <laughs> said, why, you shouldn't say those things. Why, well, said, uh, those people uh, have no education. They don't know anything about the Bible. Oh, she said, I beg your pardon, son. Said, they come right down and read out of the Bible for me. Where it said, these signs shall follow them that believe. Yes. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Said, wait, I've read it many times. I've got it marked my Bible. I'll go show you. Oh, wait just a minute, mother. Said, that's Mark 16. Yes, that's where it's at, honey. Said, Mark 16. Said, oh, mother. Said, you see those poor people? They don't know any better. Said, we learned at the school that Mark 16 from the ninth chapter on is not inspired. See, it's really not inspired. It was just added. And the little mother said, Glory to God, hallelujah. And she, the boy said, Mother, what do you mean? Said, I was just thinking. Said, thinking what, Mother? She said, If God could do that to me with the uninspired word, what could he do with that's really inspired? That's it. Oh, my. What was the matter of that little mission around the corner had a credential, maybe not a Ph.D. or LLD, or, but they had the credentials of God with these signs falling down that Jesus said to do it. They, they had God's confirmation. They had His commission to go lay hands on the sick, and they did it just the way He said do, and they, God confirmed the Word with signs following. It's a confirmation that they have been sent of God. Yes, sir. That's true. All right. Now, that's a good lesson because the boy had went away to study and truly he had his Ph.D. But they had the confirmation of the Word. He had the confirmation of a degree from a certain college but they had the confirmation of the Word of God from heaven with the Holy Ghost to back up what they're talking about. Yes, sir. That's God giving the signs. Yes, sir. Oh, how I thank God for that. God's people always has that. Now, undoubtedly, the unbeliever will have to, to have a little bit of God's Word to twist it around to make it fit the creed to make it more deceitful. Right. Now, you know, the biggest lie that was ever told has a whole lot of truth in it. That is right. You remember, every the first lie was ever told had 95% truth. When Satan told Eve in the Garden of Eden, all these things God has said, he admitted that's right, he admitted that's right, everything that God said, but said, surely you'll not die. There it is. Someone could say... Um, they was uh, at the tabernacle up here at this certain, certain night. Yes. The people all gathered in. Yes. They sang hymns. Yes. And uh, the minister spoke. Yes. That's right. And then you know what? They passed a bottle around and all of them got drunk. Wrong. See? 
just the Spirit fell down and they all got drunk. See? It's just that much difference. See, we're not passing a Bible around, but a spiritual blessing of God fell upon the people. They did stagger. They did fall. And they did cut up like that. But it wasn't a bottle that did it. It was the Holy Ghost confirming His Word. See? All of it seemed just right but the bottle. See? Now I'd say, was you up there? Yes. Was the people there? Yes. Did they stagger? Yes. Yes. All this. Yeah. That's all you right. But that one thing. So that's the way that the unbeliever, the un, the unidentified person with God, he'll say, oh, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe God is the Father of Jesus Christ. I believe all these other things. See? But when it comes down to this other part, oh, that's for another day. See? There's a lie of it. Right. He's trying to twist a little of the right word around to make it deceiving to the people. But what Jesus made the thing clear, he said, These signs shall confirm the message that I have sent. <laughs> yes, sir. I was a Baptist preacher once. Love the Baptist people yet. But I found this other thing. <laughs> See? Now, it's not, it's not exactly the, the Pentecostal church. I don't say it's just perfect. There's nothing in it. But it's the best we got. So let's stay right with it. That's all. They do believe. Some of them may not have faith enough. I'm right with them. Not faith enough to make all the words come to pass. But I'll never stand in the way of somebody's got faith enough to make them come to pass. I'll never hide behind unbelief and sin. It can't be done. If the man can take the word of God and confirm it with the power of God, I say glory to God. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith. Yes, I certainly would stay with that. They just do a little bit to fit their creed. But God's servant has his son. Exactly. In the Old Testament, there used to be a man when some of them couldn't sign their name. So they had a seal. And it was a sign. They would seal it like that. It was finished. A seal is a finished work. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you're sealed into the day of your redemption. It's a sealing away, a finished work that God has seen you, recognized your faith that you professed in Him, poured out the Holy Ghost, and sealed you until the day of your redemption. That's a sign that God give you the Holy Ghost. That's right. And has confirmed the faith that you had in you and is giving confirmation of it by giving you the Holy Ghost. And if you've got the Holy Ghost, these signs shall follow. If he denies, this man is going around saying, Now, don't you listen to them, people. You were down to a tabernacle the other night. Yes, uh uh-huh. While we belong to so-and-so, that's nothing but just a bunch of riffraff. Did you know that Paul said to Agrippa, In the way that's called heresy, that's the way that I worship the God of our fathers. You know what heresy is? (laughs) Did not they say to Jesus, Now we know you are mad. Mad means crazy. See, a way that seems crazy because you have passed from death unto life. You're no more of the world, but you've been set aside from the world. See? And therefore, your mind is spiritual and you think on things above and not the things on it goes on here on earth. Your affections are on things above. Now, uh, if this person denies that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. Now, watch it. You'll hear him say, oh, he's the same. Is he the same? Is he the same? Well, they say he's in the, the same in a certain way. What way? See? What way? 
Well, uh, I, I don't. I believe that he still saves. See, what about healing? Oh no, he doesn't do that. Now, when he was sure on earth, they said he can heal, but he can't save. Now they say he can save, but he can't heal. See, it's just the devil taking vice versa side. But if he's Jesus Christ at all, the anointed one, he's the same yeah, yesterday, yeah, today, and forever. Yeah, the same yeah, healer, the same. It's not you that does miracles. No, they want to say, let me see you do this. God never said for me to do it. He's already done it. The only thing for me to do is take his word and hold on to it, and he'll bring it to pass. That's right. Exactly. It isn't you. It's the God that's in you. Like Jesus said, it's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the work. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. But what he sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. He watched first to see a vision, what the Father told him. St. John, I believe, 5.19, you'll read that. 5.19, yes, if you read, he said, what the Father shows me to do, that I do also. Now, we find out then that if 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 he denies that Jesus Christ isn't the very same, there's only one thing that he cannot be different, he can't be different in, that is a physical carpal body. See? Now, in the physical carpal body, God raised that up from the grave on the third day, and it sits at the right hand of His majesty on high, on, the, on His throne. Jesus overcome, took God's throne. We that overcome shall sit with Him on His throne, because His throne is the throne of David, where He'll reign here on earth. And now, at the right hand of God, the right hand of His power and majesty, Jesus reigns. Now, in there, He is a high priest, to make intercession upon our confession. When we accept His Word, believe it in our heart, receive it in there, and don't take back, but believe exactly it's going to happen. The true seed of Abraham will hold on to that Word no matter how long it takes it. He'll bring it to pass. It's not a wave in the door. He'll bring it to pass. That's right. Now, a frowny will say, no, that, that isn't so. Then as long as they deny this commission, it shows they can't show the, uh, their commission is sealed. They can't show you because they deny. If I'm like a, an officer, I'd say, well, here, I am a United States Marshal. I know I'm a Marshal. And here's the law that says a Marshal must pack this credential seal with the United States seal. You say, well, that was for some time gone by. We don't have to have it today. He's a frowning. That's all there is to it. He's not right. He isn't commissioned. He isn't sent. And any person that will deny that Jesus Christ isn't the same yesterday, today, and forever, any person that will deny these signs shall follow them and believe is trying to get by with some kind of an ordination paper without a seal of the commission. That's exactly right. Certainly is the truth. Can't be sent of God because he's denying the very seal and the very confirmation of the commission that he's supposed to have. If an officer said, you don't have to have that seal, you've got it yourself. Here it is in the book that says you must have that seal. Here's in the laws of the United States says that a marshal must pack this seal. And if he hasn't got that seal, he absolutely is not a marshal. Don't receive him. Because he isn't a marshal. Because the law of the book says he must pack that seal. Jesus said, these signs shall follow them. Shall follow them. Not ought to, maybe, 
Some of them it will. It said, they shall follow them that believe. That's the confirmation of the commission that they've been sent. Amen. I like that. It just does me good to know it. Yes, sir. So I know that's the commission coming to my heart. The seal of the Holy Ghost. That's right. I know every believer that really is a believer, he sees a man that denies that power thereof. The Bible said in the last days that have a form of godliness and would deny the power thereof. From such turn away. Don't receive it at all. Right. They'll have big churches and fine denominations and great splendor and great beauty and so forth like that. Look, here the other night down here in Phoenix, a bunch of them little girls, boys out there doing this new bloogly-woogly or what you call that stuff uh, out there. It got so packed away in the spirit of it till he's out in the streets. The cops had to pick him up. So influenced under the power of the devil. Yes. And then that's popular. But let a man dance in the spirit one time. Under the power of the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's it. God's signs shall follow them that believe. Can't, can't say he's sent from God and then deny his commission. Let us look at some of those who God sent. Find out whether he always identified his believers. Now look, let's take Moses. Moses had a call in his life. That's true. But he never was sent. He thought he was sent. And look what a failure he made. But when God sent him from the burning bush... When he's out in the presence of Pharaoh's seminary, he come out with his credentials. It wouldn't work. God wouldn't recognize it. Look, he went out there and killed one man without being commissioned to do it. And he had to run out of Egypt. And he went out there and drowned the whole Egyptian army with the commission to do it. There's nothing said about it. That's the difference. Kill one man and had to run. Oh, what a bad shape he was in. Because he'd done it without a commission. But he went down there with a commission and drowned the whole army. (laughs) Got glory to God for it. How God makes people act ridiculous. That old man, dignified now, come out of there with all kinds of college degrees. But what he wouldn't think about here at 80 years old. And the next morning, here he goes down towards Egypt with his wife sitting astraddle of a mule with her youngin' on her hip. Going along, big old whiskers blowing like that and a crooked stick in his hand. Where are you going, Moses? Going down to Egypt to take over. One man invasion. <laughs> wow! The thing of it is, he done it. Right. Like one man going over to take over all Russia. What was it? He run when he was an officer in high rank, the highest officer there was, next to Pharaoh in Egypt. He run from Egypt because he had no commission to deliver the children of Israel. But then he goes back with one man against the whole thing with the commission. And did it. Wow, he had a commission. And he had a confirmation of it. He could prove that God said Amen. What are you going to do it with Moses? This old crooked stick I got in my hand. Go to do what? This is my commission. What? God give me two signs to perform before him. That's it. He told me to go do this. He said, these signs shall follow if I go down. Throw it down before Pharaoh. See what happens. It'll turn into a serpent. Then say, thus saith the Lord, Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses went there and throw it down. The magicians come around and do the same thing. Then God confirmed his commission. <laughs> this snake eat up the rest of them. 
Did you ever think where them snakes go to? Where them, what happened to them rods? It's all in one rock. <laughs> See? He eat them up. Moses' snake, because what was it? A confirmation. Amen. Hallelujah. He was, had a confirmation of his commission. He carried it out. He brought the children out, and the Red Sea got in his way and give away. Why? He had a commission and a confirmation of it. God was with him. Worked signs and wonders. But where if a man is commissioned by the supernatural God, the supernatural power of God will be with that supernatural commission. Amen. Not Amen. what you learn in PhD and LLD and la- algebra and all those things. That confirms your fine grammar and speech at the pulpit. When you say, oh man, like a calf. <laughs> but let me tell you something. But when you've got the confirmation of the commission of God giving you by the Holy Ghost, these signs shall follow us. that expression. Confirmation. God confirmed because He was a supernatural God. Gave supernatural power for a supernatural deliverance. I believe it. God today is not going to deliver His people by education. He never promised to do it. He is not going to deliver them by theology. He never promised to do it. He's not going to deliver them by science. He never promised to do it. He's not going to deliver them by denomination. He never promised to do it. But he'll deliver them by the power, supernatural power, of changing their lives and holding them in the children of God. Amen. Moses had a commission. He had signs to confirm his commission. Now, Jesus, the same way, said, These signs... Moses said, what can I tell them? How do I tell them it? the God of their father sent? It's what you got in your hands. And the sticks said, throw it down. Put your hand in your bosom. Come out. Preach divine healing to them. That's confirmation. Sure. I'll give you two signs. Now that same God can't change. When he sent his church out to deliver the people out of this hellish Egyptian bondage that all of these things has got the people in today. He said, these signs shall follow them and believe. Amen. Don't be afraid to lay that word out there because it's the truth. It's God's Amen. word. Amen. Don't let the devil explain it away from you because it's not right. Amen. He keeps his word. Uh, I believe that with all that's in me. Amen. Elijah Hallelujah. was sent down. I can see him that morning. I imagine him and Jezebel had, had a few rounds. But here he was that day coming down, a little old bald-headed fellow, whiskers hanging down, coming down that morning, down that road to Samaria. And I sat right up on heaven, a smile on his face, that old stick hitting against the road. But brother, he had, thus saith the Lord. (laughs) Thus saith the Lord. He walked right up to the president's face, or the king's face. Said there will not even be dew come from heaven till I call for it. (laughs) How was it? He had a commission. Yes, did. did it rain the next day? No. no, he had a confirmation of it. <laughs> said, get up there, Elijah, and sit down. I've commanded you to have some porters, some servants to come feed you. So the ravens fed him. And while he's up on the mountain there one day, oh, the king said, there's nothing to that guy. I'll send 50 men up. I don't believe it. he's nothing but an old fanatic. Did we know him around here talking about Jezebel, my wife, wearing paint and everything like that? 
talking about all this modern living, living after the First Lady's example, like a lot of us Pentecostal on, people do. Our Pentecostal women have great big waterhead haircuts and things like that. Yeah, wearing paint, makeup, wearing shorts. The Bible said it's abomination in sight of God. How can you do that? Come on. That's right. Why, you know, if you claim, sister, you something's falling. If you can wear bobbed hair, and the Bible says, now a lot of you Pentecostal women won't wear makeup. There's nothing in the Bible about that. But then you will cut your hair. And the Bible said that a woman that cuts her hair is dishonorable. That's right. And you'll wear shorts or these little, uh, what did you, <laughs> see, ever what it is, it looks like a man's clothes. And the Bible said that any woman will put on a clothes like that is an abomination in the sight of God. In other words, it's, it smells bad to God. It looks bad. And then if you've got the Holy Ghost in you, which is God, how can you put them on and still claim to have the Holy Ghost? Well, your own life confirms that there's something wrong with you. Sorry. I know that scorches, but I, I tell you, what's the matter tonight? We need some more scorching. It's, it's the trouble we let out on those things. Brother, let me tell you, you've got to learn your ABCs before you get up any farther, you see. That's exactly right. To always believe that God's Word's right. No matter what it is, just compare it with that. Yes, sir. Elijah's sitting up on top of the mountain there, and God said, now you're not going to be disturbed. Said, I'm going to send you up there until them people repent. Oh, Ahab said, we don't have to do any repenting. That old fanatic, he don't know what he's talking about. He's one of those holy rollers. We just, give me 50 minutes of choice, man. Go up there and bring that old fanatic down. I see that uh, commissioned officer say, yes, sir. I have your commission, sir. I'll bring him right back. Here he comes marching, uh, the iron slamming on the ground, and these great big swords and spears, and 50 men of the choice of Ahab's guards come walking up the hill like that. There said Elijah up there in the hot sun, <laughs> looking around like that. They said, hey, we come after you, boy. <laughs> we got our credentials here. We are Ahab's bodyguard. We come after you. We're going to take you back. Raise up and suggest, I got some credentials too. <laughs> if I be a man of God, let fire fall from heaven. What was it? There's a confirmation. Yes, sir. On Mount Carmel, when he had the showdown between the false gods and the true God, he laid the, the sacrifice out, walked out there and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today. That you're God in Israel and I am your servant. And I've done all of this at your command. Preach the word at your command, Lord, to all the world, to every creature. These signs shall follow them that believe. Your command. Now, Lord, let it be known that you told me to do this. You commissioned me to do this. Now confirm it, Lord. About that time, fire fell from heaven. There's a confirmation of it. He was with the Word. See, God always confirms His Word. He, he gives confirmation of His Word. Now, we know that that is true. Oh, how many times we got different characters here that could go right on down. But to save time, Jesus, when He come on earth, and they said, Him being a man makes Himself God. Oh, my. Well, we know who He was. He's born illegitimately. Why, don't even know his mother Mary and Joseph? They had that child. Before. Jesus said, if I do not the works of my father, then don't believe me. <laughs> Amen. You don't believe I'm the Messiah? 
The works that I do confirm what I claim. If I do not the works of my Father, then don't believe it. But if I do the works of my Father, then you believe the works, even if you can't believe me. That was a confirmation. How did that fit him? Sure, he said, God, who God sends, God protects, God confirms the word. Yes, amen. If amen. God sent an ambassador somewhere to do something, he's got to stand behind that commission. Yes, That's exactly right. Yes. He said, if I do not the works of my father, then you don't, uh, you don't believe me. But said, the very works that I do confirms my commission. Amen. amen. That sure hit him smack, didn't it? The works that I do. Yes, sir. If you don't, if you can't believe that I was sent of God, then the thing for you to do is believe that the works that I do, or let me see you do the same works. There they are. If you don't believe me, oh my, there's some of them believed him. When the woman at the well saw his Messiah sign, she said, we know Messiah does that. He went and told the people, said, come see who I have found, the man that told me the very secrets of my heart. Isn't that the Messiah? Oh, Nathaniel, when he come back with Philip and Jesus walked up in the presence of Jesus and Jesus said, Behold an Israelite in who there's no guile. Now, he was a trained man because he knew the word. He knew the Messiah would be a God prophet. So they know that Moses had said that, The Lord your God shall raise up a prophet. You know also that God said, If there be one among you who's spiritual a prophet, I, the Lord, will confirm him. How? What he says comes to pass, then believe it. See, they want to find out whether he was. They know there's supposed to be a prophet rise about that time. They want to know who he was. So he walked up in the presence of Philip, and Philip told him what to do, or Philip taking him over in the presence of Jesus, rather. And when he was walked up in front of Jesus, Jesus said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile. How'd you know me, Rabbi? I said, Before Philip called you, when he was under the tree, I saw you. He said, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God. That was his credentials. A woman at the well, when he found her, Standing there at the well. He said, bring me a drink. She said, uh, it's not customary. That you're getting all out of our, our, our uh, tradition here. We have segregation. We Jews and Samaritans have no fellowship with one another. You being a man, a Jew, and me a Samaritan woman, how comes it you'd ask me to give you a favor or bring you a drink? He said, woman, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask me for a drink. <laughs> and she said, well, the well's deep. You have nothing to draw with. He said, the waters that I give is not in that well. <laughs> Amen. Uh, all went on the conversation went a while. See, tell him what he's trying to do, contact her spirit. Then he found out where her trouble was. He said, go get your husband and come here. Won't know who he was. Said, go get your husband and come here. She said, I have no husband. Said, that's right. You've had five. And the ones you're living with now is not your husband. She said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Said, we know when Messiah cometh, he'll do that. He said, I'm here to talk to you. She come into the city. It was confirmed to her. She went into the city and said, come see a man who's told me the things that I've done. Isn't this the very Messiah? Isn't that a confirmation that he is? Jesus said, the very works that I do confirm my commission. That's right. God sent him. He was to be that prophet. You know, he said to John, Are thou Elias? Art, art thou the one of the prophets? Are thou that prophet was to come? John said, I'm not. But he's standing amongst you somewhere. He will prove himself when he comes because God will vindicate him. That's exactly right. If a man sent of God, God's obligated to vindicate that person. That's exactly right that he's been sent. Oh, yes. A confirmation. The man that was born blind had a, a very convincing testimony <laughs> that he was the Messiah. Now, the poor man, 
He didn't, he didn't, one of them theologians all caught him up in a crowd up there and said, uh, say, we know that you were born blind. Say, we know that, uh, that you had no eyeballs, even in the sockets. Say, we know you were born blind. He said, who heals you? And he said, uh, uh, the man told me that I was healed. He said, I know he healed me. He said, I, I, I know it. He said, well, now that man's a sinner. We know he's a sinner because he didn't join our organization. He didn't come our way. He doesn't teach our doctrine. He's against us. He said, we, we know that he can't be of God. We know that there's something wrong with him because he didn't agree with us. He said, the man's a sinner. Now, this poor blind man couldn't argue the point. He wasn't a theologian. He, he couldn't argue the point. He said, now, but he had a very convincing argument, too. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. <laughs> But this is one thing I do know. Hallelujah. Where I was once blind, I now see. I've heard people say this is a bunch of crazy people. I had people tell me when I received the Holy Ghost, I lost my mind. Well, whether that's right or not, I don't know. But there's one thing I do know. Wherein I was once the sinner, I'm now saved. That's right. Or when I was once lost, I'm now found. You can call it fanaticism, whatever you want to. But it's a confirmation to me that he's still Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. Yes, he, he, he had the evidence. He had a very convincing speech that he was, he, he was the Son of God because he had made eyeballs in a man that had no eyeballs. Yes, sir. In other words, the blind man could say, I've been coming to your church all this time. I don't see nothing like that taking place around here. Then if he created eyeballs, he's no creator but God. Where could it come from? Let's see you do it. Let's see the way you do it. They had to shut up. I'm talking about a supernatural God, the great creator of heavens and earth, and couldn't create a good life. See, there you are, couldn't create a nothing. But here comes Jesus and put eyeballs in a man that had no eyeballs, was born blind. I'll tell you, that's convincing. The proof of the pudding is the eating thereof. That's exactly right. So he had the evidence that he was. That's right. I imagine Paul out there that night, uh, 14 days and nights, and no moon, stars, or nothing, out on that sea. The poor little fellow dragging those chains across the deck of that old waterlogged ship and it's about ready to go down to throw off all the food and stuff and the sailors hadn't eaten for many days and dragging these chains. Talking about a Jesus that once lived. Talk about a Jesus that's crucified. I imagine them soldiers and sailors said, Oh my goodness, shut up! Just kept walking across then. But you know what? He's the same yesterday and forever. Just walking along across the deck pulling these chains. He said, Look at a guy in chains. A guy going over to Caesar over there, over to Rome, to be condemned. A man's got to die, and then talking about something about religion. Oh, shut up! And they kept on dragging. But one night, when the all hopes is gone, yeah. oh my! Every time the lightning flash and a wave, a uh, ten thousand devils set on them seas. Said, "We got you now, Paul." <laughs> oh, you're going to take it back? No, sir. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. Amen. I know he told me to go to Rome. Here he is rocking, the ship just about ready to go down. Just think, the sun, moon, or stars hadn't shown for 15 or 14 days. That's a bad shape. An old waterlogged ship and thing about to go down here, thing like that. He'd stand down the hull of the boat one night, praying, no doubt. And there come a vision. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. So don't fear, Saul. <laughs> Everything's all right. Here he comes running up <laughs> with a commission. Shaking them chains and give a good courage. 
Have a good faith. For the God that I serve sent his angel last night. I saw a vision and he told me not to be afraid because there'd be no life lost on this ship. Wherefore, brethren, take a little food and just rejoice. Everything's all right. I'd imagine they felt pretty funny. But when they found the old ship resting in the haven, it confirmed that Paul had been sent from God and knew what he was talking about. God confirmed it if there be one among you a prophet. And what he says comes to pass and hear him because I'm with him. That's right. When the natives on this island, the islanders, when they seen him picking up sticks, they said, that must be some terrible murder with all them chains on him. Poor little Paul about to freeze, his garments all wet, come over here and picked up a bunch of sticks and started laying them on a fire, and a snake that bit him in the hand would have killed him mine in a moment. Paul looked at it like that and said, God, you told me I had to go to Rome yet. Shook him off in the fire and went back and got some more sticks and said, watch him fall dead. In a few minutes, they changed it. Why? His commission had been confirmed. They said he's a God that come down from the heaven. Right? Yet confirmation. Because Jesus said they shall tread on the heads of serpents and scorpions and nothing shall harm them. Yes, sir. He had, he had the, the uh, evidence to prove it. Now I've got to hurry, friends. I'd stay here with you all night like that. But just a few more things. Now, the prophet said, there will come a day that it cannot be called day or night. A dismal day, foggy, hazy, but said in the evening time, it shall be light. That's right. The sun rises in the east and sets in the west. S-U-N. Civilization has traveled from the east to the west. But when the S-O-N rose, the light fell upon the eastern people. Now we've had a day of organization, denominations, and people accepting Christ and had enough light. They can know that He was God and they walked in the light and so forth. And they've built churches and fine cathedrals and schools and so forth. That's been fine. But remember, it was promised that all the clouds would clear away in the evening time. Yeah. It's evening time now. And when the clouds all clear away, that same sun, S-O-N, that shined His power through the Holy Ghost upon the Eastern people has in the last 50 years broke back the clouds of denominations and everything and poured down the Holy Ghost upon the Western people. That the same sun, same Holy Ghost, same sign, same light, same power, same evidence, same everything that it was, and the gospel's been preached with power and demonstration anywhere in the countries. That's right. That's right. All over the world. Signs and wonders are following the believers. Uh, here a few years ago, they said, that bunch said, why, you'll never be able, said, they'll never be able to put it over. Said, they're just a little bunch down there in a, in a street somewhere with a tin pan somewhere, a beaten, some little tambourine. But brother, that message with hungry-hearted people has sacrificed their food for their children and everything else and has sponsored them missionaries till she's went from east, west, north, south, wherever nation you go into, there's Pentecostal fires burning with the power of the Holy Ghost. I went so far into the jungles till people didn't know right and left hand. They know God nothing more than some statue out there. That's right. I'd stand there and lay the word down just exactly. Then the Holy Ghost performed the signs and show, tell the people who they were, the secrets of their hearts. Show them that Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. This man, I do not know his name, but I'll spell it. 
and you interpret it for me. I'd have to spell maybe that much to get it out like that. Amen. That's right. Let's sit and look. I said, now Jesus said, the works that I do shall you do also. This was this exciting sign. And Jesus is so close to coming to the earth now until his power has begun to catch the people and winding them up, getting them ready for the bride. Getting ready to be caught up in the rapture. A church that will just fit just exactly to be taken up. Through its power will draw all the rest of them. It's born again out of the earth. Jesus is coming. As my hand against the wall would make a shadow, more, that shadow gets deeper, 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 closer my hand gets. And after a while, the shadow and my hand becomes one. And the church started in Martin Luther's time under justification, under Wesley through sanctification. And now in the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the Pentecostals, the restoration of the gifts. And out of that Pentecostal people, he's pulling that remnant up here to show Jesus Christ, reflect his life just the same yesterday, today, and forever. Exactly. When the evening light shines. Exactly. Look. Right on scientific sign. We got it right in Washington, D.C. That same pillar of fire. How many's ever seen it? Them lights, sure. Everyone's yeah, seen it. Yeah. That same pillar of fire that met Paul on the road down to Damascus. Jesus, when he was on earth, anybody knows that Christ, that, that the pillar of fire, the angel of the Lord, that fought, brought Israel out of Egypt into the promised land was the angel of the covenant. Anyone knows that? Sure. Well, that was Christ. Because the Bible said that Moses chose the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. And he went with Christ before he become flesh. And he followed that light. Jesus, when he was on earth, he said, I come from God and I go to God. They crucified him. He was a Savior that died for our sins. And he buried him. He arose and ascended on high. And a few months after that, Paul was on his road down to Damascus and he was struck down by a light. A bunch of soldiers with him. None of them saw it. None of them saw him, but just Paul. But it was so, so prominent to him until he put his eyes out. He was blind for a season. And he looked up there in that great big pillar of fire hanging before him. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, Who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus. Yes. <laughs> and it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. Now, that same Holy Spirit. We find it right amongst the Pentecostal people today. The evening light. Right down amongst the Pentecostal people. What? Preaching the same gospel. Giving vindication of the same gospel. The same signs that followed there is the same signs that follow now. And if that pillar of fire or light that we have with us did not produce the same spirit and the same evidence that it did when it was in Jesus Christ, then it would be the wrong pillar of fire, the wrong spirit, be the wrong thing. But if it does produce and do just exactly what Jesus done when he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Right. More than this shall he do, because I go to my Father. The King James has greater, but look in the original, it says more. You couldn't do any greater. He raised the dead and stopped nature and everything. But he could do more of it because the Holy Ghost wasn't only in one man. Christ, the Son of God, it was in the church universal. Yes, more than this shall you do, because I go unto my Father. Oh, my same ministry being represented here in the last days. What kind of a ministry did he have? Look at him as I will bring you down, proving to him. Let's take one Jew. He came to his own. His own received him not. The very first man that come to him was Andrew. And Philip, I don't know what went on in that conversation in the house with Jesus that night when they followed him. But the next day, Andrew was so completely satisfied that that was the Messiah. 
He showed him something till he went right straight to Peter, his brother, or, Aunt, or Simon. And he said, don't come now. Let's go and see if this is. He said, we have found the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine Peter saying, now, now, Andrew, now let me tell you something, son. Now, you know, our old daddy was a good Pharisee. And he told us, now, I remember sitting on the side of the boat one day. He said to me, he said, now, now, now Simon, uh, daddy's expected to see the Messiah. And no doubt, but before the Messiah comes, there's going to be all kinds of things take place. All kinds of isms rise up. But let me be sure. That, and there was. Oh, yes. People come, let off thousands and perished and everything. But he said, but let me tell you, we have to stay with the word, Simon. Now, the Bible says Moses, our servant, uh, God's servant to us, told us that the Lord our God would raise up this Messiah and he would be a prophet like Moses. Now, now, Simon, if you see him in your day, I'm too old now, I'll not see him in my day. But if, if you see him in your day, remember, he'll be the God prophet. So Simon had that in his heart. He said, all right, Andrew, I'll go up to the meeting. Just as soon as he walked up in the presence of the Lord Jesus, he said, your name is Simon. Your father was Jonah. <laughs> that settled it. He was given the keys to that kingdom. That was the Messiah sign. Here come another staunch Jew. Said, now wait a minute. If the Messiah would have come, he'd have come down the quarters of heaven and come down to our great big fine temple we got built here somewhere like other people around here believe that he'll come to some temple. And there, he'll come down here and he'd light right down on here and the angels would be flopping their wings and everything. They'd say, this is Messiah. This is Messiah. This is Messiah. That's what we, I can hear Philip say, wait a minute. You're not scriptural with that. <laughs> Stay with the word. Amen. What didn't Moses tell us that the Messiah would be? <laughs> the Lord your God shall raise up a prophet. You remember that old man that used to be over there named uh, Peter, Simon? Yes. Oh, that old fellow didn't have any education? Yes, I remember him. Yeah, I remember him. You, he bought some fish from him and he couldn't sign your receipt. Yeah, well, I remember him. I remember him. Yeah. Well, when he walked up, you know his father? Well, sure. Certainly. I knew his father real well. He's a real Pharisee. Yes. Real scholar, yes. Well, when Simon walked up before him, he told him what his name was and what his father's name was. Oh, now I believe you've gone off the deep end. Let me go see. He'll never read my mind. I'll go find out. Walks up there, presence of Jesus, and Jesus said, Behold an Israelite in whom there's no guile. <laughs> he said, Did you tell him he's coming after me? He said, No. He said, Rabbi, which means master or teacher, when did you ever see me? I just come up in this meeting tonight. When did you ever see me? He said, before Philip called you, when you were under the tree, I saw you. What eyes. <laughs> he said, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. But there stood those great big denominational brethren standing there. They said, you know what? He does that be Beelzebub. See, they had to answer to their congregation. They had earthly credentials. <laughs> he had heavenly ones, see. Because Moses said he'll be a prophet, and here he was proving he was a prophet. That's right. He was vindicated. His commission was vindicated. So he said, now, uh, I know that this uh, fellow does do that, but he, he had to answer their congregation. said, by Beelzebub, he does. As he cast out devils, Jesus turned around, perceiving their thoughts. Oh, my goodness. 
He said, you say that against me, the Son of Man, I forgive you for it. Now, they never said it out loud. The Bible said they thought it in their hearts and he perceived their thoughts. Keep it right. <laughs> yes, sir. said, uh, they perceived in their hearts. See, he, he, he perceived their hearts are thinking. said, now, if you say that against I, the Son of Man, I'll forgive you. But someday, way down in the Gentile world, see, the Holy Ghost will come after I'm gone. And he'll do the same thing and just speak one word against them. Will never be forgiven. God help you. And this world or the world to come. Before he left the earth, he said this. He said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. I want to make this remark and close. It was in the days of Lot down there in Sodom. Let's see what it was. He referred first to, to the days of Noah. He told what they were doing. Eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. But when he came to Sodom, look what he did at Sodom. At Sodom, he referred to that for this age. Now remember, the Sodomites were Gentiles. See? Notice. And there come three men one day to Abraham. There's always three classes of people. That's unbelievers, make-believers, and believers. We still have them today. That's right. Unbelievers, make-believers, and believers. Sodomites, Lodites, and Abrahamites. Abraham had the promise. He was the elected, called-out group that had separated himself. Like the real church of the living God has separated itself from the things of the world. Because he was relying upon the promise of God. Where did the angels come to first? To Abraham. What happened? Two of them went out in Sodom, modern Billy Graham's, out to Sodom, preached the gospel. Not many miracles, just struck them blind, preaching the word strikes them blind. Right. So they didn't do many miracles, but they was calling, come out of it. But there was one that talked to Abraham. You know, Abraham had a funny feeling. You know, there was something about that person that was a little bit different. And so he watched him a little bit, you know, and he told Sarah, said, now, you get back in the tent. Of course, now in them days, when a stranger come up, the women didn't act like they do today. They have to run right out and stick theirself out and take the husband's place. And you can't sell that, John, unless I tell you to. See, women had more decency in that day. They stayed back in the house. You see. So they, uh, they got out there and Sarah stayed in the tent. So he ran and said, Sarah, knead a little flour right quick. Get all the lumps out of it. Make some on the hearth, some bread. Went and got a calf and killed it. And went and said to him, dress it now and get it ready. He went out there and got the old fly bush and began to show the flies and wash their feet. He knew there's a little something burning in his heart. You can just tell it, you know. He said, there's the commission, I believe. Now, the only thing, if I can just see that commission confirmed, I believe they've got it. He said, you know, you, you pass by to see me. That's the reason you come this way. That was right. See, sit down under the oak a little bit and rest. So he washed their feet while they got the things ready. They sat down and eat. And, and that was God. God Almighty. The Bible said it was. Look on there and see if it don't say capital L-O-R-D, Elohim. That's right. As someone said many times, said, you don't believe that was God. I said, it was God. The Bible said it was. You said, God in that body eating flesh? It sure was. The Bible said so. You don't, you don't realize how great he is. That's right. I'm glad he could do that. Well, only thing, you know, we're just made of 16 elements. Petroleum, cosmic light, calcium, potash, and a few things like that. Well, he just reached, got a handful of them, went, step in there, Gabriel. See, the angel. Got another handful, went, said, step in that, Michael. Stepped in it himself. 
I'm so glad that. I'm walking with so going down. That's our God. Some of these days, all these elements is going to go, but he's going to say, William Branham, I say, here I am, Lord. He's great. But I got to represent myself before my servant down there, and I want to be a man like him. So he just walked down, sat down there, dust on his clothes, sat down and eat. Sat down. He kept looking towards Sodom, you know. Abraham knew there was something up, because that's a wicked old place, you know. So he kept thinking about it like that. He said, uh, now I remember his name had been Abram, yeah. and Sarah's name had been S-A-R-R-A, Sarah. And a few days before that, God had met him in a vision and changed his name to Abraham and her name to Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Sarah, princess, Abraham, father of nations. So he said, Abraham? Abraham said, oh, I know I was right. <laughs> There's something about that man is different. Abraham, where is your wife, S-A-R-A-H, Where is your wife, Sarah? He knew right then. <laughs> oh, he said, uh, uh, she's in the tent. And the Bible said it was behind him. The tent behind him. He said, Abraham, I, personal pronoun, same one to talk to him, I'm going to visit you according to the time of life. See, of Sarah. And you're going to have this baby you've been waiting on. You're 100 years old now and she's 90. But I'm, I'm going to give you this baby that I promise you because you've been faithful to wait. Yep. And Sarah, back in the tent, she said, she never said it out loud. She laughed in herself. Said, me an old woman have pleasure again in my Lord. Oh, like that. Said, it just couldn't be that guy. What is he talking about? And the angel said, why did Sarah laugh? Amen. <laughs> what was it? He took for Sodom. Immediately after the visitation of that angel, that last sign that was given, the last sign that was given, Sodom burned. Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall it be at the coming of the Son of Man. God has dealt with His church all along through signs, wonders. But the last thing was to be God manifested in the flesh of His church, like He was in human flesh there, and show that same sign that Messiah had already represented Himself amongst the people just before their fire falls at the last day. A credential to confirm that the word that Jesus promised is the truth. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, it's your word. Confirmation of a commission. That's your word, Father. We can only speak it. I pray you confirm it, Lord. Now I know that I pray that you forgive me of my nervousness and my and my illiteracy all about it and take that off the people's mind, my poor, chopped up way of trying to bring a message and, and the Holy Spirit striking up on me. I, I don't know how to do but just give vent to it, Father. Sitting here with men and women who are pilgrims and strangers, when the whole world is shaking today, they, they say now in a, a few days now they're going to spin a man around the world in an orbit, take him around the world, Trying to get a man up on the moon. All the world quivering and shaking. Little nations everywhere with missiles that'll blow a hole in the ground 150 feet deep for 250 and 300 miles square. Three of them at one time which sank the whole earth. The whole world's an erotic condition. The churches has gone away from the word. There's all kinds of organizations and denominations that packing earthly credentials and, 
And if you don't belong to them, you can't stick your head in one of their churches. But yet, as it was back there in the times of Noah, as it was down through the Bible, you will still send your prophets and servants, Lord, with a commission, with a confirmation behind it. God, I'm so glad of that that you promised it. And now, Lord, you said, fear not, little flock, little flock, it's your Father's goodwill to give you the kingdom. You said, as it was in the days of Noah, when that little group were just saved by water, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. The days of Lot, when in Noah's time they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and look at it today, Father. We see that. Now, that was to the sinful world that was doing that. And now, look at the days of Lot, how perversion, homosexuals, Oh, how the world, the whole country, most of our government swallowed up with it and everywhere. Oh, we're worm-eaten, Lord, by devils and power of the enemy. The whole world is scared to death and our whole, even our nation is like a little boy going to a graveyard at night whistling to keep himself from being afraid. We know that lays at the door. The church, Lord, you said lift up your knees, lift up your eyes. When these things begin to happen, your redemption's drawing near. The Holy Ghost has been poured out upon your church. You've called people of every nation, Mexican, white, Anglo-Saxon, colored, Ethiopian, all different races all across the world. As your little old Holy Ghost missionaries has went hungry, starving, many of them killed, crucified, made fun of, and everything else. They went without any big church to sponsor them. They went on the commission of God with these signs following them that believe. I met them in the mission field, yonder Lord. We've had the great power of God to speak with tongues, interpret tongues. We've had the baptisms of the Holy Ghost, the demonstrations of the power. And now, Lord, as you took Abraham, representing the elect called out, you've brought Abraham through that desert, separated. You showed him all kinds of signs. But the last sign was when God himself manifested himself in flesh. Jesus, you said, as it was in that day, so will it be when the Son of Man comes. Come, Lord. This is your word as straight as I know it. I believe it, Lord. There's others here that believe it. Let it happen again, Lord. Let it happen in Tempe as a confirmation of the near approaching of the Lord Jesus. Grant it, Lord. It would strengthen all of us, Lord. It would strengthen these brethren. It would strengthen your ministers everywhere. It would strengthen the laity. It would make us all happy. Granted, Father, now as far as I can go is speak your word. Now, Lord, it has to take you to make that confirmation. I can, but if it's a commission, I preach the truth. I believe, Heavenly Father, that you will confirm it with the signs that you promised that would be in this day. Granted, now I commit myself to you with this church, with the word. Now, Father, we'll wait upon thee. If you'll just show us that you're in our midst, the works that I do shall you do also. That's your promise. Father, how it would strengthen some of my brethren here. How it would strengthen the church. That's something that's not just mythical, something that you say, yeah, I've heard that's preached all the time. But Father, let them see that you're a God that keeps your word. Now, it'll take more than me, Father. It'll take this church all in one accord. It'll take real faith to do it. But I pray, Father, that you'll grant it for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, friends, a prayer line. Oh, I'm sorry. 
excuse my exciting, chopped up manners at the pulpit. I, I pray you do it. But I've just come through studying the pre-Nicene Council and of Tuck the Hosses, Two Babylons, and Broadbent's Pilgrim Church, the pre-Nicene Council, the Nicene Council, and the post-Nicene Council, Nicene Fathers, seeing how the Holy Spirit moved them. They didn't even have an altar in their church. They didn't have no nothing like crucifix. The Roman Catholic went on with dogma with crucifix, but the real Orthodox stayed clear. Had little buildings and nobody just slabs. And then some godly man would explain the word of God and the power of God would fall. They'd just raise their hands and praise God. They'd speak with tongues and signs and wonders and follow them. Yes, sir. Polycarp, Ignatius, Martin, Irenaeus, Columbus, oh my, Justin, how many more of real godly ones who wouldn't tolerate that other church at all, the Roman side of it. They stayed Catholic. We're Catholic too, apostolic Catholic. Catholic means universal. But the Roman Catholic took into crucifix and dogmas and so forth like that and said, not the Bible, they, God was in His church. God is in His Word. Yes. The Bible said, if any man shall take away or add anything to it, the same Amen. will be taken that's as far it. out of the book of life. We believe just what God said and that's all. Now, so we still believe that message. Now, there's sick people here tonight. I preach to you that God confirms His commission. That's right. God watches over His Word to confirm it. The only thing He's trying to do is to find a heart that He can get into. Amen. I don't think you're going to overdo it. You won't. Could you imagine a... A little fish about a half inch long out in the middle of the ocean out here saying, I better drink sparingly of this water or I might run out. <laughs> Certainly not. Well, you could never exhaust God's power and God's goodness. That's right. Yeah. You sure could. So just open up. You say, well, I received the Holy Ghost. Oh, there's just this. The whole heavens is full of it. That's it. Well, see, God's just trying like a, if it's all the whole heavens is a great big standpipe and you had one little crack. He's trying to pile that water or try to force itself out. That's the way the Holy Spirit's trying to force itself into you like that. Like I'm trying to get you to believe it. I know that's the truth. Now, I believe did they give did he give out prayer cards? I pray. I believe he did. All right. How where's he at? One to fifty. All right. We can't stand them all at once. So let's um, stand um, maybe well that's all right. Just stand still just move maybe this little roll here move back so we can move a little. Or is a glass of water I'll be sitting there if you want. All right. Let's have number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let them stand. Number one, who has it? Prayer card number one. Just a prayer card with a number on it. Number one, two, three, four. Okay. Number one, prayer card. Who has it? There's surely something wrong. Speak it in Spanish. What's number one in Spanish? Una. Una. Who has it? Number one. What's it? All right. Right here. Number two, who has it? Number three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One, two, three. Just stand right here. We'll form a line. Huh? That's all right. All right. That's all right. All right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let them come. Come right around this side, if you will. If you can't get up now, raise your hand. We'll see what you get here. We'll see somebody will pack you up here. 
6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Let them come from 1 to 20 now. Line yourself up over here. All right. That's right. Now, if you got your cards, come on, friends. Don't, don't, don't stay back because you're cheating somebody else out of it, you see. Don't be afraid to come. If you took your card, come on. If they give you a card. Now, the boy comes with these cards first. He stands up here and mixes them up together. 50 or 100 or whatever he does. Goes right down the line, giving anybody. One person might get one, the other 10, the other 50, and the other 90. Like that. We don't know where they're at. They're all scattered out. That leaves the boy. So he don't know what. Then the boy don't know where I'm going to call from that night. Because, <laughs> see, I don't know myself. I might start. How many has been in the meetings before? No, I just, just jump all around through it. That's all right, see. So many times people are afraid to come up because their sins are called out here. Now, if you've done anything wrong and you don't want it called out, you better stay out. <laughs> That's all. Because he'll certainly do it. How many knows that to be true? Amen. It certainly is true. Now, if you're, if you're condemned and under sin, why well, don't you come? But if you're not, if you're under the blood, come on. See? All right? Now, all right? Well, we'll start right here and see where we can go to. Now, how many in here are sick and come in and didn't get a prayer card too late or something? Raise up your hands. All around over the building. All right? Don't have a prayer card. Now, there was a little woman passed through a crowd. Maybe she didn't have a prayer card, but she touched the hem of his garment. That did it. All right. Touched the hem of his garment, and she was made whole. Now, you out there that believe with all your heart now, you that actually believe this with all your heart, you just say, Lord Jesus I do believe this with all my heart. And I'm going to accept you. And believe that I know that Brother Branham doesn't know me or know anything about me. And if you'll just let me touch your garment. Now the Bible says, now the ministers of witnesses, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is a high priest right now. That can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Is that true? A high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. He is right now. Well then, if he is a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, how would that high priest act when he was touched? If he's the same Jesus that he was back there, he'd act the same way. He can't change his ways. He can't. If he said back there, well, I saved them because of uh, they believed on me, but today I, I'm going to save them because they got a lot of money. He can't do that. He's got to ever remain with his first attitude. Amen. When God ever makes a decision, it's perfect. Amen. It can never be changed Amen. no more. God never changes his program. See? So if he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, and you touched him with your faith, now he don't have any hands on earth but mine and yours. Is that right? right. I am the vine, ye are the branches. Now the vine doesn't bear fruit, does it? Right. The branches bears fruit. So the vine just energizes the branch. But you see, the branch, the vine isn't made to... See, he's in glory. He's the Holy Spirit. Now, he doesn't bear the fruit, but he energizes you and I that we would understand one another through voices that he speaks through us and does his work to confirm the commission that we're sent to do. You understand it now, everybody? Now, you pray. And you say, Lord Jesus, I'm going to believe this with, with all my heart. I, I, I'm going to truly believe it with all that's in me. And I believe that you're going to, to make me whole. And I'm going to, with all my heart, try to touch the border of your garment 
trusting that you'll make me well. You just believe that. Our loved one. Now I'm going to ask you with whatever. Now you know I'm Pentecostal. I, I believe in shouting, praising the Lord. But I'm going to ask you to do this. Now when we're coming, I want you to be just as reverent as you can. Now just hide yourself away now. Lay all your doubts away. And just say, now Lord, help thou he. God will do it if you'll just believe it. Now, now here stands a woman. I have never seen her in my life. I ever who's on this year, sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. If it strikes me, it's a vision. Now, if you, can you hear me all right now? All right. I'll just be real rare. Now, here stands a woman. Now, here's a beautiful Bible picture. We're strangers to each other. I don't know you. Now, you might know me by knowing I'm Brother Brandon, but I don't know you by any way. Now, this is a picture like it was in St. John 4. Jesus met a woman that he had never seen or she never knew him. She knew he was a Jew, but that's all she knew. And then Jesus talked to this woman a little while. What was he doing? He was contacting her spirit. He had need to go by Samaria. And as he went by Samaria, he met this woman. Why? The father led him to Samaria. Go up to Samaria. He didn't know what to do. This woman come out and he thought, maybe this is what father wants. Because he said, after he had healed the man at the, at, um, had the crippled, or not crippled, but I guess he might have had a retarded disease at St. John 5, the next chapter I believe it is. He went by the pool of Bethesda and there laid a man that had been crippled up for several years. He had an infirmity. Now he could walk, but an angel come down and troubled the pool. You brother know where I'm speaking. And then Jesus came by and said, uh, he said, um, uh, by going to the pool, he said, I have no one to help me. Someone can do better than me, can beat me to the pool, in other words. He said, take up your bed and go into your house. He tucked up his bed and went off. Now, Jesus never healed another one of them, and there were multitudes, thousands. Why didn't he do it? There's one for the congregation, for we ministers. A God full of compassion. Is that right? Multitudes of lame, blind, halt, withered, all kinds of people. The Bible said, brother. And he went right to one man that had an infirmity. He wasn't blind. He could walk. He might have had a, a prostate trouble. He might have had a retarded TB. It wasn't going to kill him. It had it 28 years. And it wasn't going to kill him. And he went to that man. Why? Then he sealed that and walked away. What if he'd come to Tempe tonight and did that? They'd criticize him right there. Is that right, brother? they criticize him. But remember, Jesus knew the man and knew that he had been in that condition all this time. Is that what he said? Now, when the Jews found this man, he told them who did it. They found Jesus and they questioned him. You think they questioned him tonight? Sure. What did he say? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in Himself, but what He sees the Father doing, that doeth the Son likewise. Is that right? Then according to His own word, He done nothing till God showed Him in a vision what to do. Remember Elijah in a sermon tonight? I did all this at your command. Any prophet of the Lord only goes as the Lord leads him. Now this pattern, 
Now, Christ is the Holy Ghost that's in here now. Now, I believe that I felt led to come to Arizona. Jesus felt led, had need to go by Samaria. I felt led to have a healing service at Tempe tonight. Never did have one up here. I don't know why. Well, you have to be the first person up here. There you are, St. John 4, exactly again. I don't know you, you don't know me. I don't know one thing. You might be a sinner, you might be a hypocrite, you might be a, an adultery, you might be a godly saint, you might be sick, you might be standing for somebody else, you might have financial troubles. I, I don't know what you have. I know nothing about you. Now, that's right. I don't. Now, if I'm a stranger, so some unbeliever might be sitting by. Raise your hand if, we are, if that's true. See? Now, if the Holy Spirit in contacting her spirit, now we are both standing here, man and woman, just like they were, and Jesus talked to her until he found what was wrong with her. Is that right? Now, all it knows that's true, say amen. amen. He found what her trouble was, and he told her what her trouble was. And she said, Sir, you must be a prophet. See, they hadn't had no prophets for about 400 years. He said, you must be a prophet. Now, we know that when the Messiah cometh, this will be the sign of the Messiah. He'll tell us all things. Is that right? Amen. Well, Jesus said, I'm he that speaks. Now, if that was sign of Messiah then, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, only in the form of the Holy Spirit used in my flesh, my spirit, as I surrender it to him, and would tell me, where your trouble is, you know whether it was right or not. Because you're a witness of that. Now, if, you, if I was having a healing service, I come up and said, Glory to God. Sick sister? Yes. I have TB. Glory to God. Lay your hands on him. Hallelujah. Receive your healing. Now, many fine brothers like Brother Oral Roberts and them, they're a real man of God. That's your gift. They say, Glory to God. I believe it. You? Yes. I believe you get well. Sure. I believe that. Yes, sir. I believe you'd go to your pastor if you're a Christian or whatever like that. I believe you'd, it would do it. But now, what if he comes and tells you something that you have done? Now, you know whether that's true or not. And if he can tell you what has been done, surely you can believe he'll tell you what will be done. Is that right? Now, how many believe that that would be a witness if he does it, that he is Jesus Christ, the Messiah, same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes, amen. Now, remember, not me. No, I'm like this microphone, a perfect mute. How would I know? I've done confessed to you and to her and both to one another. We don't, we never seen one another. So it will take a power from somewhere. Now you can believe like some of them did and say, Thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Or you could say, Hmm, he's a devil, fortune teller, some kind of a bad spirit. Then that's between you and God. See, that, that's up to you to judge that. See, just depends your attitude towards it. But to me, it's Jesus Christ. Amen. It's to me because it's promise. And now if he made a promise and commissioned me and gave me them signs. And many years ago, I was in here with you people. And he gave me a sign. If you put your hand on mine. How many remembers that? Then I could tell you. If I hold still in a few minutes, I wouldn't have no control. But say you have a, a tumor or whatever it was. It was perfect. Is that right? And I told you that he told me if I would be reverent. And believe, and would stay free, and that is not go bumming for money, and I've never took an offering in my life, see? and everything, and live true to Him, that it would come to pass 
They would I'd tell the people the very secret of their heart. Another thing, they can't deny that. You remember me prophesying that? Now it's come to pass. Now, I just be reverent. You say, what are you waiting on, Brother Bram, for him? I don't know that woman. If he don't anoint me, I can't do it. That's his all. How many ever seen the picture of that angel of the Lord, that fire, the fire pillar? They tuck it, it's got it all over the world. That's Washington, D.C., in the religious hall of art. Only supernatural beings ever scientifically proven. I'm just going to talk to you a minute. The contact, yes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> I can't tell you how I know it, but I know he's right here now. Yeah. That's right, it's right here now. Thanks be to the Lord. Here it is. Now. You've got a skin disease that you want me to pray for. That's right. Raise up your hand. Now, do you believe that with all your heart? Now, you might say it. I guess that. See? Now, watch and see if we guessed it. See? Be real reverend. She seems to be a nice person. Now, right now, I cannot tell you what I told you first. Just a minute. Yes? A skin disease? You have. Had it for some time. Being been prayed for, far. And then you got something wrong with your side. That's right? It was caused by an automobile accident. That's thus saith the Lord. Now you believe, don't you? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I ask for her name. Do you believe that he's the same yesterday? The evening lights of the Holy Spirit? How do you do? You and I are strangers to each other. First time of our meeting. If I could heal you, I would. I only represent the healer as an ambassador commissioned praying for his conference. But if God will tell me what you're here for, you believe me to be his prophet or his servant? You believe it? One thing is shadowy around you. Shows that you're suffering with a nervous condition. Mental upset nervous condition. Gets worse in the evening as the sun starts to set. Right. Then another thing, you have a growth that you're worried about. You believe God can tell me where that growth is? It's on the right breast. Is that right? Do you believe now? Now there's something on me Saying that, knowing that, is that right? You believe it to be God? Then Jesus said, These signs shall follow them that believe. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. My God. Yes, God bless you. Have faith. Don't doubt. Just believe with all that's in you. Little fellow there at the stripe of town, just quit worrying. That arthritis is going to leave you if you just believe it with all your prayers. You're sitting there waiting for that, wasn't you? If you ain't got a prayer card, you don't need one. Just believe it. 
See, his faith touched something. You know that man didn't touch me. He's 20 feet away from me. Is that right? But what did he touch? The high priest. I looked here to this woman. There was a man. I looked, there's a man. I said, it can't, it is, that's a woman. It looked, there's a man. I watched that light, which is hanging here, went over and held over by him. I seen him trying to get out of the bed. Like that. That's it. See? There he is. Let him be evidence. Is that, you set him free for that. Is that right? Believe with all your heart now and you'll get well. <laughs> if thou canst believe, all things are possible. Just have faith. I'd be real reverent. Excuse me, I was watching the light move around through the building. I, I was just watching to see. I want to talk to you just a moment. Look like a good person to me. We're strangers to one another. The Lord knows your troubles. He knows me, knows you. We're man and woman standing here meeting our first time with the Spirit. You are Christian, and, and I feel the vibration of, was of your spirit, you know, just moving. And I know... You're not a hitchhiker. You're a Christian, you see. So then, um, that's um, what I mean, hitchhiker. is a jump from place to place, you know. I, you're born again, so you're a real Christian. I feel you're welcome, you see. And the Holy Spirit here welcomes that spirit because it's kindred spirit, see. We're brother and sister. You're not here for yourself. You're sent for somebody else. A friend of yours is suffering with demon oppression. You believe that? Put that handkerchief on him and don't doubt. He'll leave him. God bless you. Have faith in God. Just believe with all your heart. How do you do, lady? We're strangers to one another. Uh, somebody, somewhere. God, we're with Somewhere in the audience, somebody, something happened. I... How do you know it, Brother Branham? I, I just know it. See? It's just like just pulling the life right out of you, you see. Something happened. Somebody got healed somewhere. I don't know where it was. But... Maybe he'll show me again. We are strangers to one another, lady. I do not know you. But God does know you. You're here for some purpose. Maybe for somebody else. Maybe financial, domestic. Whatever it is, God can tell me. Will you believe it? You'll know if it's the truth. Keeps being a young person come here. A vision breaking for a young person. Now you believe with all your heart, God will grant it to you. If I can tell you, you know if I don't know you, it'll have to come from some supernatural power. Remember my sermon tonight? What I talked about? Now look, perhaps if I would like that angel turn his back. Now what if I turn my back like this to where you're at? All right. um, you just you say to the Lord Jesus, Oh God, just in your heart, reveal to Brother Branham what I'm here for or something about me and I can see if he does. Yes, I can see the woman right now. She's suffering with an intestinal trouble. That's right. It's growths in the intestines. That's true. This is Kathleen. You can go home now and be made well if you'll believe with all your heart. Go home and be made well. <laughs> 
You believe? Have faith. Do you realize that the very God that wrote the Bible is moving in this little humble church here tonight? Now, we are strangers to one another, too, mister. I don't know you, never seen you in my life. We're perfect strangers. It's getting me weak, folks. It's a, that lady sitting back there was constipation, sitting second one in from the back, uh, on the side of that row there. It was you a while ago that was up here. If you believe with all your heart, it'll leave you. What about that baby with that analogy? Do you believe God will heal it? <laughs> Glory! The devil lost that. <laughs> he did. God bless you, sister, brother. <laughs> Have faith in God. That's all you need. It'll leave the baby. Don't forget. <laughs> what did they touch? What did that lady touch for her baby? I don't know them people. Never seen them in my life. If we are strangers to one another, we'll raise up your hands there, folks. There, or is that, that a lady? Raise up your hand. That's just sitting there praying for that baby and the Holy Spirit kept moving in there somewhere and I seen there where it was and I seen the little baby with, with that condition. There she is. The baby will get well, sister. Don't worry. Why? It's real light around there now. I know that God answered. It'll leave the baby. I know it's going to be all right. It's just coming everywhere in the audience now. It's, uh, you can't pick it out. It's just everywhere. Just with, uh, don't you believe more now than you believed a while ago? It can happen to every one of you if you just believe it. You just believe it. Excuse me, mister. I, I, I didn't... You know, I'm not beside myself, but I just... I get real weak and I just... Jesus, one woman touched his garment and he said, I perceive that virtue has gone out, that strength. And if he, the Son of God, what about me, a sinner, saved by grace? I hear is a man. Let it happen to this man. Then will all of you believe? Anybody know this man? Does anybody know the man around here? Oh, yes. All right. Now, you know, let's see whether it's right or not. The man is total stranger. I've never seen him in my life. We're total strangers to each other. But the Holy Spirit can reveal to me what you're here for or what you want or something about you that you know that I know I don't know nothing, then that would convince you that it would have to be the Holy Spirit. Would it convince all of you? And know that the same Holy Ghost that's here is out there too in all of us. <clears throat> Your trouble is rectal trouble. It's a cyst in the rectum. There's somebody else you're praying about that. It's your wife out there. That's right. <laughs> She's having a persistent headaches all the time. That's right. You got a child there too. That's right. You believe God can tell me what's wrong with that child? It's a blood condition. You believe God can tell me who you are? Would you believe me? You're a minister. You're a reverend Mr. Man. Go home. He makes well. You believe with all your heart? Just give God praise. 
Do you believe, lady, with all your heart sitting there? Do you believe? Go eat your supper. Your stomach trouble will leave and you'll be all right. Your back trouble's left also, sister, so you can just go across the room and believe with all your heart that God's going to make you well. You believe it? Just go shout and say, praise the Lord. All right, with all your heart. Nervousness is a bad thing, but God can heal it. Do you believe that? Just go rejoice and say, thank you, Lord. God makes it well. Oh, tummy bother you? Go eat. Jesus Christ makes you well. Have faith. Your back's bothering you, isn't it? Go believe. Jesus Christ makes you well. Have faith. Nervousness? Believe God will heal you? Go be healed in Jesus' name. See what I mean? Isn't Jesus Christ the same yesterday and forever? Now, Jesus said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he also. Is that right? Now, did Jesus say this? These signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers are here? All right. How many wants to be healed? Raise your hands. Then lay your hands on one another. You're believers. That's right. He keeps his word. Do you believe it? If you believe it, you're going to see something happen that you've never seen before. If you believe it. Now bow your heads. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for the person you got your hands on. Pray now sincerely. Believe sincerely. Lay your hands on somebody and pray. Now I'm going to pray here. Heavenly Father, we come in the name of the Lord Jesus. We come because that your word has been confirmed. The commission is confirmed. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is in our presence in the form of the Holy Spirit. Oh God, these are your people. They're suffering. Satan has bound them. They know that you're here. The confirmation of your presence is here. That Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. Satan, you've lost the battle. Come out of them, Satan. In the name of Jesus Christ, I adjure thee to leave this audience and come out of this people that they might be made free. In the name of Jesus Christ.